reaching Israel and the world and the world. Baruch Hashem, bless the name of the Lord, and chesed veshalom, grace and peace to you, beloved ones. Cynthia Marjorie and I welcome you today to another edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And we're back today, honey, in the Gospel of John, where the conflict between Yeshua and the Pharisees continues to intensify. What, what are your thoughts as you think about the dialogue and the narrative where we're at today in this Gospel? Well, first thought, as you said, that is how when Yeshua came, he came and created a conflict. You know, he, wow. he created a, a conflict and people have their own ideations of who God is and how to find God and how to follow him and how to be saved. And, and he came in the midst of that and he really caused a conflict and a, 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 an explosion of resistance he because sure he came with the truth to set people free and to to give what the people needed, but the people were all shifted all over in a, in a different way of thinking. Locked in their tradition. Right. The truth, beloved, will cause conflict. Yeshua said, do not think I came to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. We try as much as possible to be at peace with all men, but know this, all those that desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Ruchim Habayim, blessings to you today in the name of the Lord. We're continuing a study today in the Gospel of John. I'm calling this series Mysteries in the Gospel of John. Last time we were together, I was in chapter six and I was talking about how Yeshua was saying to the religious leaders that he was the bread of life that came down out of heaven and that if anyone would partake of this heavenly bread, whom he was the embodiment of, he said that we would hunger and thirst no more. As he began to say this, he got a huge uh, opposing reaction from the religious leaders of his day. Jesus responded, and in reviewing this from last week, he responded and said, I said to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So this spirit now is going to intensify, this spirit of Yeshua coming into the earth, God in the flesh, God in human form, speaking truth, claiming to be the bread of life that came down out of heaven, and the religious leaders are about to vomit. Forgive me for using such crude language, but they could not receive it. They could not handle it. They accused him of being a demon. They accused him of being crazy. They could not receive who Yeshua was. This is why in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, the scripture says that they, they despised him. They rejected him. They esteemed him not. They considered him smitten and stricken of God. This is the type of atmosphere that's going on here in John chapter six. We're gonna pick up now and make some new progress as we pick up today in verse number 41. The grass withers, the flowers fade. 
but the word of God abides forever. Hear the word of God, beloved ones. Therefore, the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that has come down out of heaven. They were saying, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I came down out of heaven? So I want to focus on this word. They were grumbling among themselves. They were scoffing at him, disrespecting him. They're saying, Jesus, he's saying he came down out of heaven. We, we know his dad. We know his mom and dad. He's the carpenter's son. Now he's telling us he came down out of heaven. How does Yeshua reply? Verse number 43. Yeshua answered and said to them, do not grumble among yourselves. In other words, they were looking down upon him. They were grumbling against him, putting themselves in a superior position uh, upon Jesus. But Yeshua's response is, do not grumble among yourselves. He was putting them back into proper alignment, that they were not above him, they were below him. So Yeshua says, do not grumble among yourselves. And then he reveals a secret and a mystery, beloved. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. As it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, Yeshua said, comes to me. So let's take a step back and consider. Yeshua has come, God in the flesh, the Messiah of the world, the one that the Hebrew prophets had prophesied. He came unto his own, the Jewish people, but his own received him not. Not only did they not receive him, but they despised him. Yeshua's response to this was, listen, all that the Father gives me will come to me. You may as a whole, he was saying to the nation of Israel, reject me but there are some within your midst who have heard and learned from the Father and they will come to me. All the Father gives me, Yeshua said, will come to me. So Yeshua's mission was not failing. Just because the majority of Israel was not receiving him does not mean that God's plan had gone awry. So let's continue on. No one can come to me in verse 44, Yeshua said, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day, as it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one, he was speaking of himself, who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life, I am the bread of life. So let me ask you a question today, dear beloved one. Have you truly, in your kishkas, we say, in your guts, have you truly come to the revelation that Yeshua is the bread of life that came down to earth from God out of heaven, 
that if we receive him, if we make him the goal and the quest of our life, if we hunger and thirst after him, and in so hungering and thirsting after him, we draw him into our soul, and in so doing, his words are fulfilled, that we'll come to a place that will become so full of him, so full of him through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit that will fill us through our hunger and thirst, that we will, as Jesus said, come to a place where our deepest desires will be fulfilled and will hunger and thirst no more. You see, some of us today, we've tasted Jesus. We've tasted him, but we're not hungering and thirsting for more. We're not questing after him. We haven't made him the mountain we're climbing in life. We haven't made him our everything. But I want you to hear me. Jesus spits the lukewarm out of his mouth. He will not accept a relationship in which someone wants to compartmentalize him, making him a part of their life, keeping him in some far corner somewhere where they go to church and they give X amount of their dollars and then they pretty much go out and live their lives, maybe abstaining from great moral sins, but are really truly not hungering for Jesus, not giving him the first part of their lives, the first part of their heart, the first part of their love, the first part of their affection, the first first part of their talent, the first part of their financial resources. You see, Jesus will not allow himself to be your second, your third, your fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh best. It's just like any woman with any type of self-respect would not accept a proposal from a man who had proposed to six other women first in the last three months. Any self-respecting woman would not do that because a self-respecting woman would want to know that she truly is treasured. And so Jesus said he spits the lukewarm out of his mouth. He is the bread of life that satisfies. So I want to ask you a question right now. Are you at a place in your life when, when, that when you wake up in the morning, your first thought is Jesus, Yeshua, drawing close to the Father through him? Is the first person that you talk to each day when you wake up in the morning him? Because where you begin, that's going to set the trajectory for the rest of the day. Do you love him enough? Are you hungry for him enough that you're spending time every day in his word or reading some type of Christian literature to feed your soul? Are you filtering everything in your life through your relationship with him? This is what Jesus is calling for, and this is the type of walk that will bring the fulfillment of his promise to fruition in our life, where we'll come to our place in our life where we're truly fulfilled and satisfied. Let's continue on. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. And again, Yeshua describes and defines eternal life in John 17 where he says, this is eternal life to know God and Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah whom he has sent. Ladies and gentlemen, can we all rise up and welcome to this podium, one of the greatest voices of God in the world. Beloved ones, I'm speaking to you as leaders. I do believe it's very important 
that we follow God's pattern and have one day out of seven as a day of rest. We need a day of rest. We need to take time just to sit and face Jesus, just to be in silence, to let him impart his power into our lives. It's supernatural. My name is Evangelist Dorcas, and I'm resolving today to give God a day that I will be communing with him. I've been searching the scriptures, seeing the Sabbath rest. I never knew it the way I knew it today. God has touched my life, especially in the area of quiet time. He made me to understand that Sabbath, Sabbath is a walk with God. When Christ called his disciples, first of all in Mark, he said he called them to be with him so that later he would send them. So I didn't know it like this before. I'm always a busy man that don't have even time. But I now I've discovered that there must be a day for me to wait and receive from my father and commune with him. The purpose of discovering the Jewish Jesus is to evangelize and make disciples through the preaching of the gospel to Israel and the world. But this can only be accomplished through faithful partnership from viewers like you. If God is moving on your heart to become a monthly partner, call 800-777-7835 or visit rabbipartners.com. When you become a monthly partner, Rabbi would like to impart into your life with a very special gift, an authentic shofar made in Israel. The shofar proclaims Yeshua's return and announces the kingdom of God upon the earth. Begin your monthly partnership today. He says, your father's continuing on. He's speaking, of course, to his Jewish uh, uh, brothers here. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. But this, speaking of himself, is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I'll raise him up on the last day. When you hear these words of Yeshua, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, these are, I mean, these are deep words. These are not words that are easily received. That's why they couldn't receive them. You're gonna see in a second, my beloved ones, that everybody left after he said this. They couldn't receive it. It was, it, it, it grossed them out. It was too deep. They couldn't comprehend the meaning. Jesus spoke in such terms because he was saying, unless you take me into your life fully, completely, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And if you recall that Jesus was introduced to the world by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God, going back to Passover, the Israelites had to eat that entire Passover lamb 3,500 years ago. They couldn't leave any of it. 
And it's the same with Jesus. We have to eat all of them. And he said, he that eats my flesh, if you truly make your life all about me, you will receive eternal life. It's like a well. You know, you're pumping, pumping, pumping. You're drawing up the water. By questing after Jesus, you draw the water into your life. But how does one come to a place where they have spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst so that they can eat his flesh and drink his blood? How can you, my beloved one, come to a place in your life where you're receiving him in fullness? You know what has to happen? We have to be convinced that there's a supernatural God that is present with us right now and that will respond to us. When you believe in the God of miracles, when you believe that the God that spoke to Abraham, the God that spoke to Isaac, the God that spoke to Jacob, the God that did miracles through Elijah and Elisha, the God that manifested himself to the apostles supernaturally, the God that rose from the dead, when you believe that he's still here in the spirit, on earth, doing miracles, communicating with his own, intimately in spirit and in truth, bringing about supernatural results in your life and filling you when you believe that he really will do what he said he would do, that he would bring you into true freedom, then you're gonna quest after him because you're gonna know that he is the one that will and can fulfill you and nothing else can. That's why he said to the Jewish people of his day, they ate the man in the wilderness, the earthly, and they died. But I've got something to give you You'll never die, and it's going to fulfill you forever. Let's continue on. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food. Listen, to eat the true food, we have to be walking a life of fasting. I'm not talking about just fasting from food. I'm talking about fasting from everything that feeds the flesh. In other words, if we want to receive the true food, if we want to draw Yeshua, the Spirit, into our soul in the deepest way, we have to lead a life of fasting. Jesus said when the bridegroom leaves, speaking of himself, his, his, the ones that love him will fast. What does it mean to lead a fasted life? It means that when you're bored... Instead of running to the world to try to fulfill yourself, instead fast from running to the world, fast from watching unwholesome things on television, fast from calling friends and getting into worthless conversations because the Bible says in the abundance of words there's sin and just sit still before the Lord, even though it's hard, just sit still before him, allow him to expose your soul and talk to him. It's not the funnest thing in the world to do all the time. It takes spiritual discipline. But to receive Jesus, we have to fast from the things of the flesh. The Bible says all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, beloved one, that's not from the world, uh, from the Father, rather. That's from the world. So to receive the Lord, we have to fast from the things of the flesh so that our soul can look to him to receive fulfillment. Because if we keep on trying to satisfy our soul with the things of the world, we're not gonna be hungry enough to receive Jesus for him. So Jesus says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me 
and I in him, going back a verse for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so he who eats my flesh, who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Get this, what happens next. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum, therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus conscious that his disciples grumbled at this said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the son of man ascending to where he was before, He's speaking about the fact that he's gonna rise from the dead. It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Again, he's calling them back to enter into another realm. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who did not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, and I want you to get this, For this reason, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. I want to encourage you right now, if you love Jesus, if you're clinging to him, if he's the quest of your life, I want to encourage you right now just to thank the Father. Because the reason that you've come to Yeshua the reason that you are questing after him and love him, the reason that you're drawn to God's people, beloved, it's because of the Father. The Father drew you. The Father chose you. The Father loves you. Yeshua said once again, for this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. You've been blessed. You've been blessed by the Father. Just like Yeshua said to Peter, when Yeshua said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Finally, it all concludes, verse 66, it says, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with them anymore. So Jesus said to the 12, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him saying, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of life. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. As we close today, my dear brother, sister, friend, have you come to the place in your life where you are absolutely convinced that Yeshua of Nazareth, Jesus, is your only answer? He's not only the bread of life, he's your bread of life and my bread of life. And only in him will we find what we're looking for. I want to ask you now, if you've not yet already, open your heart and receive him today. Thank you for watching today, beloved ones. It brings me such joy to know that people are tuning in and more than that, receiving and being blessed by the Father through Yeshua, through this ministry. 
Now, many of you have been watching, but you've never made a financial gift to the Lord through this ministry. I don't know why that is, but I want to ask you today, if I'm talking to you, to go ahead now and make that financial gift. You might not understand, but it costs a lot of money to do what we do. All the networks that we broadcast on, both television, radio, the team around me that makes this all possible, it can only happen, beloved, when we partner together. So I want to ask you, if you've been benefited from the ministry, you've never made a financial gift, or haven't made one in a while, again, I don't know why, but I wanna ask you to go ahead and do that today. We've been created, beloved, to live lives of generosity, and so I wanna say to you today, thank you for your love and your generosity in advance. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, 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 The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Authentic, straightforward, and uncompromising. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord 
And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This concludes this series, Mysteries in the Gospel of John, Season 6. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.